What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. I'm Joseph. And I'm Nick. And this is Fish Jelly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. Oh, yeah? You have a word of the day. I do? Oh, you were serious? Yeah. Well, because people don't know. I I don't know what this is, but for quite some time now, Nick will sporadically tell me what the word of the day is. So I don't know if this is an app or an email he's received. I don't know what I signed up for, but I do get a word of the day in my emails. So today's Uh, word of the day. uh, That's how I learned. uh, You you learned some delightful things. That's how I learned about Poco Carante. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Today's word of the day is from something called Word Daily. So this isn't even me this isn't even my selection but it's uh parasology which is the use of equivocal or ambiguous words mm. um so can you use that in a sentence no okay okay i, well, I, I, I would need a second okay i i think i would be um i'm not often uh guilty of parasology <laughs> moving on so we you watch you watched the Jennifer Lopez movie, This Is Me Now, oh which, my which, which we'll talk about on Patreon. Oh, my God. But uh, she also has like a companion documentary also available on Amazon Prime. And I watched a clip of it. And there's a moment when she's sort of complaining about all the celebrities who turned down being in the film. Because for people who don't know... Um, there are quite a few notable people in it, specifically uh, in one sort of component of the film where she has like a zodiac, like like a zodiac council. So you have like Jane Fonda, Jennifer Lewis, Kiki Palmer, Kim Petras, and, and others. Yeah. But in her documentary, she talks about all the people who um, said no, and basically because they're saying they're not available, like Taylor Swift. Jason Momoa, Jennifer Coolidge, Lizzo, Ariana Grande, Snoop Dogg, Anthony Ramos, who declined because he's good friends with Mark Anthony. Uh, and then when they asked about when they asked J Lo, she'd want Jennifer, uh, but Vanessa Hudgens, J Lo responds for what? But it caught my attention because Lizzo was on TikTok saying that she never said she wasn't available. She never like, got the invite or something? She, she never got the invite. Okay, well. But in the documentary, J-Lo's saying, I don't want to force anybody to do this who doesn't go, this is going to be fun. Nobody wants to say no to me. I get that. But when an actor doesn't like the script or doesn't like or doesn't think it's going to be good enough or is worried about it, that's what they'll say. I know that. I've done it. Which I think is so... I just don't think this lady's very self-aware. Like... Uh, no. Who... I'm surprised the people who are in it agree to be. <laughs> They it doesn't look good for them. It's terrible. It I, terrible. I don't want to watch the companion documentary because frankly, I don't want to hold her in an even uh lower esteem than I already do after watching that garbage. Jesus Christ. But um I thought it was funny that she, like yeah, they read it and they didn't like the script and they don't think it's gonna be good, and that's why they're making excuses. 
I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, clearly she thinks it's good enough, but but it's also like, isn't isn't this and the, well, they're marketing tools, but isn't it personal for her? Shouldn't you just want people that are involved very personally and intimately with you and your social circle? Like, why do you want to have all these random celebrity cameos like yeah. for your personal fucking bullshit? Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, moving on to the restaurant section. <laughs> So, oh yeah, we tried. You saw something on Instagram about like the best burger in LA, and it was this restaurant called For the Win, and they have several locations. One is pretty close to us in Hollywood, mm -hmm. so we went. See, this is why you can't trust these Instagram hoes with the food. Because well, so the, you you sent me the thing, and it did look very good. So the the special thing about their burgers at For the Win is that the patties are really like they're cooked real flat and thin like they're almost crispy they smash them yeah. they smash mm -hmm. them down so <clears throat> getting like a triple burger a is, repressed burger is almost like the equivalent of like a quarter pound like it's not that much meat if you get a triple patty so we decided to go and i ordered online so we could just go pick it up and first of all this restaurant's location is like on the worst intersection like it's so hard to get in and out it's in this tiny plaza with insufficient parking and then we ordered and we just ordered two double burgers and one order of fries, mm -hmm. which turned out to be like $37 yeah, with the tip. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of spendy for what it was. We get the burgers home. Well, if first getting in there, there there's uh, they need some feng shui in there. I don't know if because of their popularity on Instagram, they have they haven't been prepared to accommodate that space correctly but well the pickup window is right by the front door it's all the same and the people working don't know how to communicate effectively so uh it was more frustrating than it needed to be for burgers yeah and then getting them home i did like my burger it was fine i don't think it was worth whatever it turned out to be like 13 dollars for this little burger i think considering that a double double from in and out is equivalent in my mind and that only costs like five six dollars uh considering i can just make homemade chopped cheese and have it be and the weight was just as good if not the, better i mean the weight was equivalent to if you just waited in line at in and out i feel like you could have gotten you know you could get double the food for the same price and it would taste the same so although i'm always annoyed at how hectic in and out is it's for what it is also it's not that good to have to <laughs> deal with a circus of people yeah you know by my office uh there's an in and out and so over the years i've been a number of times because you you know you kind of learn like when is the right time to right. go but yeah those people who will go at like 12 30. what's wrong with you or the, or the late night there's one in torrance when we used to live in south bay yeah we used to go there sometimes too. sometimes but they like on the rare occasion because it was very rare that i was ever like in that neighborhood like in torrance was that torrance or lakewood it no was... i'm talking about the one in torrance uh when you're headed to the delamo mall oh yeah yeah there's mm -hmm. that one that you know i would never be out there um like late at night but on the occasion that i did drive by at that hour because that parking lot's huge it's, it's in a huge plaza i mean there would be like a hundred cars it <laughs> Or like wrapped the around. worst one is the one in hollywood that's off of is it orange sunset and orange my that god. intersection is terrible and these people just fucking line it, it's, oh my god like to me that's a fucking hazard that should be 
that should be illegal. It's so annoying. Over some cheap burgers. My God, people. My God. Then we went to Cantor's. For the we, first time in well over a decade. Because we used to go quite often when we lived in West Hollywood. Yeah, and then we stopped going because we moved. And then we were going to go a few years ago and notice that the restaurant, the uh, help uh, board had knocked it down to a C rating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, can't go in there anymore. And then he had some dark years. Yeah. But the other day we were driving down Fairfax, which is where Cantor's Deli is. After Dune 2. After watching Dune 2, part 2. And I thought, oh, let's go because they have a parking lot. So... <laughs> And 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 you noticed that it was grade A. Mm-hmm. So we sat down. I will say the um the, the staff was friendlier than I remembered. Very friendly, yeah. Uh but that food <laughs> speaking of my God, that so I actually like, I liked what I got. The person brought out these like a big old plate of pickles. Not good pickles. And those pickles were so soggy and stale. Because pickles beca- can become oversaturated. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Where yes. they, they, start they weren't crispy, translucent. Yeah, yeah, they start looking like they're turning into like gelatinous. Yes, they're going back to the earth. So that pickle, those pickles were gross. I ordered a cup of chicken broth soup and a bacon or a a, a blue cheese bacon burger, and then you ordered the like pastrami au jus, like a French dip pastrami sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I liked. That soup that I ordered had no flavor. Yeah. That was very bad. It tasted like when you buy the low sodium chicken broth and then they just dump some noodles in it. Instant noodles. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally instant noodles. That was not good. Then I asked for my burger medium well. They brought it to me extra well done. Well, it's also those patties that are so thin that are like, there's no way to not cook that. Right. In that fashion. And then I've never had. So they gave me the blue cheese bacon burger. The bacon wasn't crispy. The burger was like a hockey puck. And the bacon the, wasn't crisping. The, and then they put blue cheese crumbles that were yellow. Like it made me think that, did they scoop it with the mustard spoon? Because my blue cheese was yellow. Or egg yolks. Or, or yeah, or, or like the egg salad spoon they used to scoop the blue cheese. And they had a really nasty avocado on there. And then they, in, in addition to putting blue cheese crumbles, they put that blue cheese dressing, like where it's real liquidy. Mm-hmm. And then, because, you know, they serve the the ham cheeseburger with, you know, open style. So on top of the burger look like when you go to thrifties to get the ice cream and they scoop out like the ice cream, they did that with an avocado. Yeah. So there was this weird chunk of avocado that was covered in that blue cheese dressing. And usually I'll eat all the stuff you don't want because I don't like to waste food. And I didn't, I didn't finish Have you ever seen an avocado covered in blue cheese like that? No, and it was not for me. It was not good. Those, And then the fries were cold. Your sandwich was better than my burger. Yeah, it's hard to fuck up in Aju, though, right? Well, sure. I, I think what Cantor's excels in, and probably why I would go back, are their bakery items. Mm-hmm. That, that arugula. Mm. Because we ordered, uh, they have three different kinds of cheesecake, strawberry, chocolate, and or like original creamy. And the server, who was friendly enough, recommended the creamy. Lupita. And I did like it because it was like regular cheesecake, but then it had like cream cheese frosting on top. <laughs> it was odd. It felt it like was very odd. It felt like something my grandma would make. But I <laughs> but but I actually liked it. So I would go back to Cantor's. Um it's cute. There's a there it smells like an old building in there. It 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 feels like a blast from the past. It sure. it does have there there is a vibe and mm-hmm. there is parking. 
So I I could be persuaded to go back. Rarely have you given such specific notes on a dish, <laughs> my lord. <laughs> Moving on to films released we didn't cover. Mm -hmm. Amelia's Children. You know, this sounds actually quite good. It's a Portuguese horror film from Gabriela Brantes, whose last film, Diamantino, I have seen, which is kind of a queer, strange fantasy film. Uh, but more interestingly, it's got a few cast members that often work with uh, Joao Canijo, including the great Rita Blanco. Uh, but it, yeah, it's a horror film. I might I might have to watch this on my own, but um, yeah. Next, Shada. This was Australia's official submission for this year's best, uh, what are they calling it again now? International, International. feature, uh, directed by Noura Niazri, uh, about a woman, an Iranian woman who flees to New Zealand, I believe, during the Iranian New Year. And that's all I know. But um, <laughs> I, I feel bad because I passed up watching this many, many times over the past several months. So maybe eventually I'll catch up with it. Next, Silver Haze. Silver Haze. I believe I covered this out of Berlin in 2022, maybe. Uh, it's from a Dutch filmmaker that I more or less like named Sasha Polak. Uh, and she has twice worked with an uh, actress named Vicky Knight, who starred in Dirty God and now this film. And it's about a scarred young woman dealing with uh, trauma and a sexual awakening. Uh, years ago, she almost burned to death sleeping in the pub that her family owned. It's been a couple of years since I've seen this, but a great central performance from the, the actor named Vicky Knight, who I felt the same way about Dirty God. There are a lot of similarities between both of those films from this fil filmmaker with that actor, uh, but that opened this past week and could potentially be worth a look, depending on your taste. Lastly, Outlaw Posse. Oh my God. I wanted to watch this. It's just with Berlin and then coming back. But we were catching up on a lot of stuff this week. Um, we did not watch it. But it's a new film from Mario Van Peebles. Who has been a minute? You know, Mario Van Peebles came out real strong. New Jack City. But yeah. uh, since... And then a couple other arguable films, including a very great uh, homage to his father, which if you haven't seen Badass, is really good uh but it's been a minute for him uh but outlaw you know he had a film called posse in the 90s too mm -hmm. but the cast in this is exceptional including Whoopi goldberg who doesn't work in film that much anymore uh i was very interested in seeing this but i i i fear the it's not going to be good and then projects of interest, this, uh, The Smashing Machine. Uh, you know, much like the Coens, the Safdie brothers have gone separate ways. And Benny Safdie apparently is putting together a new project called The Smashing Machine. And he's reuniting Emily Blunt with Dwayne Johnson, who were in that Jungle Cruise movie together. Uh, I like both of them well enough, so I'd be interested in seeing what whatever this ends up being. And then what is this... Uh... Is what is it, Alexander Payne and Paul Giamatti? Uh, during a recent Q and A, have announced that they're working on a period western together. What have uh, they done together before? The Holdovers. Oh, yeah, the current hot ticket. Uh, look forward to that. Snatching some trophies next weekend. Oh, and unfortunately, there is an entry in the obituary section. Richard Lewis died. I mean, he's looked dead for a long time. Um, not you, not to be cruel. He's <laughs> <laughs> well, on Curb Your Enthusiasm, he did look pretty, you know, frail. It, it's like you were watching Wendy Williams. Uh, like It's disturbing to, to behold. Almost. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, poor, poor man passed. I highly recommend the film Drunks, an indie film from the mid nineties. The house of stars Faye Dunaway and Parker Posey and a whole slew of other notable people. Uh, but I actually, I rewatched about a year ago. I liked, I knew him as a standup from being, from, you know, my ute. But, uh, then when I became, (laughs) it's so funny that like, I've never watched an episode of Seinfeld but mm-hmm. I love Larry David and I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> so, so then I was reintroduced to Richard Lewis uh, through Curb Your Enthusiasm. Sure. Um, you know, if you ever decided to watch Seinfeld, I feel like you would like everybody but Jerry. Uh, well, I mean, you're probably right, but... I mean, but uh, again, uh, if there's any... <sighs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus is very good as Elaine. Well, and the other thing is like, I like her and Veep. And mm-hmm. then she did another show. Uh, the something's old, Christine. The old, like, like, like the new adventures of old Christine. Mm-hmm. And I watched that, and I liked it. And, and so it, it's funny that I like her, and I like Larry David. Did you pres- watch Wakanda Forever? She's in that. No. Yeah. <laughs> She's in Wakanda Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what my version is. Well, I think it was just during that time there were. I also get annoyed that people act like. Like, why would I have been into Friends and Seinfeld when there were other things like Martin and Living Single? And <laughs> well, that's a very white thing to be, to be like you haven't caught up with this very important white show. Yeah, it's like none of these people remind me of the life I live and the people I'm around. So, well, right, because if you turn that back and be like, well, do you know Martin? Do you know Living Single? Yeah, uh, the reaction is like, no. Uh, it's very much the OJ jury. <laughs> Um, um, situation where whether they were going to watch Seinfeld or Martin. Let's take a break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week's secret film was my choice, and I chose the 2005 American crime drama, Havoc. (laughs) Yeah, this movie is not good. Why did I choose this? Someone uh, sent a message me about it saying like, oh my God, I just watched it. It's berserk. Like, you need to watch this. And when I read the premise, I was sold. So the premise is two affluent suburban girls clash with the Latino gang culture of East Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so when you asked me, well, have you made a selection? I said, I think so. And then I told you what it was. And you're like, oh, wow, I own this DVD. <laughs> I do. And I've never seen it. <laughs> yes, I'd never. I had a friend in as an undergrad that was obsessed with Anne Hathaway. And I think that's why I bought it for us to watch. We never did. So you pulled it out of the archives. It's directed by Barbara Copel. And she's, she's a two-time Academy award winning documentarian, uh, Harlan County, USA and American dream. Uh, she, she more recent documentary. She did that one about Gigi gorgeous, uh, which I didn't see. She did one on Mariel Hemingway that I have seen. Um, very notable. I, I believe this is her only narrative Wow, this movie was garbage. Like straight garbage. It's (laughs) 
Oh my God. And there's a, there, the backstory behind it is equally interesting because the original screenwriter is a woman named Jessica Kaplan. And she wrote this in I, like 1995 when she was 16. So clearly I think the influence of these youths gone wild films, especially like Larry Clark's kids, um, this this feels like it's trying to be kids in L.A., right? Uh, she died while it was filming in an uh, airplane crash over the Fairfax district, I read. And she was only 24. So the film is dedicated to her. But it was rewritten by a guy named Stephen G- Gagan, who is a notable screenwriter and director of all his own. He Sirian is probably the best thing he's directed because everything else is caca. But... I just think, uh, notably, he wrote Traffic for Soderbergh. But this uh, this feels something weird happened. <laughs> I here I have quite a few notes, so let me try to tell the basic story. So it's about these self-proclaimed wiggers, which I, it was a slang term that I had not heard in I've forever. Been, I haven't heard that in so long. And friend, for people who don't know, is sort of a contraction of whites and the n-words uh but so it's this group of rich white kids from the pacific palisades which is like malibu-ish brentwood like rich area of la and they are totally like into hip-hop culture they've appropriated all the things and we focus on a, a group of them specifically anne hathaway and bijou phillips mm-hmm. but there's like the main guy whose name is Anne's boyfriend? Yeah. Or the... No, uh, the, the the one who gets who pees on himself. Uh, Mike Vogel, Toby. Toby. Mm-hmm. So Toby's kind of the leader of this group. He's very... Uh, to me, it was... Very, I mean, he's more handsome than Jamie Kennedy, but it was very like Jamie Kennedy's Malibu's, Malibu's most yeah. wanted. Um, anyway, one day they decide, because they all, they're all rich and have nothing better to do, they decide to go cruising on the sunset strip and it's not like hype enough for them like they need to see more action uh-huh. so they decide to go east which i think is funny that during because i can see like as someone from la and like knowing how people talk about la i could see that these kids during this time just assume that anything east of where they live is like the ghetto. And that's so, the way they're talking about the East, the East, the East. So they keep talking about the East, but it's like they're in East Hollywood. And then it looks like they're in like Echo Park. Um, but but then I feel like people's impression of East LA is more like Boyle Heights. And <laughs> so it's kind of ambiguous where they are at times because we see Anne Hathaway at a point driving, like it seems like she's by MacArthur Park. And, yeah, definitely. But anyway, they go driving in the hood and toby decides that he wants to buy some drugs they just pull off to any old street and the main cholo in charge of all of this his name is hector played by freddie rodriguez best known probably from six feet under a very handsome young man but also kind of puny he's a very short he's a short king okay he's a short king um uh toby like confronts hector like you shorted me on these drugs i bought from you and hector threatens him with a gun causes toby to urinate on himself so they're traumatized they go back to school the next day clearly toby's upset but that night anne hathaway and her homegirls are at a party high on cocaine and they decide oh let's go back to the hood and see those guys so they go and they end up having kind of a fun time they go to a uh well it's called a house party but everybody is 
just wandering around on the street, really. But yeah. Yeah, it almost looks like a block party. Yeah. Then Anne Hathaway it is seems like she's infatuated with Hector. Yes. So she goes back to wherever they are. Cause again, it looks to me more like they're in MacArthur Park than East LA. But yeah. She goes back and they kind of connect. So then she decides to go back again. Well, they get arrested that night. When it's well, they just... yeah, they get arrested and she gets thrown in jail. Her parents. Um... Her parents played by Michael Bean and Laura San Giacomo. So the next day she goes back with Bijou Phillips and Hector's mad at her. Like, what are you even doing here? Like, bitch, you're the reason we got arrested. And then he goes, just kidding. I know you didn't tell on us because that's how we were able to get out. So why don't you come hang? So. He says, we're going to, they keep referencing this Alvarado hotel and how they just all hang out at this like motel. They get free rooms from the owner. Yeah. So they go back and Bijou and Anne Hathaway decide that they want to be initiated into their gang. This is after they smoke crack, by the way. Oh, we're, we're going to get to all okay. this. Okay. Yes. But you're right. This is after these bitches smoke crack. Uh huh. So in order to join the gang, they have to basically sleep with one of the gang members and they select the gang member by playing a, like dice, like like rolling the dice to see who you're going to sleep with. So Anne and Bijou go in the room and they're ready to like be initiated when Anne has second thoughts. And miraculously, Hector lets her like renege. I was surprised. He put his hands on her neck. She got a little freaked out. But then Bijou's like, nah, I'm going to go through with it and I'll take yours. <clears throat> so she's down for like... Well, she rolled three on the dice, so she's supposed to sleep with three. So then th she starts having sex with one, and then the other joins in. Raymond and then a, Cruz, yeah. And then a third joins in, and that's when she gets freaked out. Yeah, she... And it's unclear the way it's shot what exactly is happening. Uh, but she says stop, and they stop, and, and they, they do leave. stop, yeah. So then they all leave. But then when... Bijou gets home to her rich family and whatever story she told them, the parents interpreted as she was raped. Gang raped. So mm -hmm. they, of course, call the police. Hector gets arrested. And then... They only arrest him, though. They only arrest the one. Mm -hmm. So then now Anne is conflicted because she's saying that they weren't raped. They elected to do this. And why is Bijou telling this lie? Combined with... Toby and his little gang, which includes Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Channing Tatum. Oh my God! They and and they are full on like wannabe thugs. They decide that they're going to ride up to the east side to, I guess, smoke the cholos. Mm -hmm. But while they're looking for the cholos, the cholos have gotten in their car to drive to the Palisades to basically kill Anne Hathaway and Bijou, so there are no witnesses. Mm -hmm. But they don't get far. They don't get the far. Immediately the pull them over. Them. Like, what you doing in this neighborhood? Yeah. <laughs> don't ever come back. But the end of the film is the two parties, like the two groups of guys, pass each other and they recognize each other in like an intersection. Because and then this, the the sixteenth street. The one has his tattoo, and then they and because the the cholos recognize Toby because they had met him before when he bought the drugs. Mm -hmm. So then the screen goes black. We hear gunshots, and then the final scene of the film is Anne Hathaway because throughout this movie. For no reason that's explained to the audience, there's one kid making a documentary. Yeah, about about these uh, Pacific Palisades gangs, these white gangs. And they have a name, PLCs. I don't know what that stands for. Is that like SLC Punk? I don't <laughs> know. But they, uh, Anne Hathaway basically sort of recaps everything. And it, it's 
the, the impression I got from her character is like, this was a blip in her life and like, she's going to move on from it. Uh-huh. Then that's the end of the movie. This shit was so crazy to me. It's... And I can totally like knowing about this little like 14 year old girl who wrote this script and she herself is like an affluent white girl from West LA who wrote about this lifestyle. She knows nothing about Mm -hmm. was paid $150,000 for that script. Mm -hmm. The production company was Michael Stipe's production company. (laughs) So I'm like, it, it, I can just totally see like, progressive white people thinking that they're telling a story that they have no business telling very like American fiction. Well, and it's not, they have no business. I mean, this rich white girl who probably saw a lot of her, this is this person's experience. Yeah. It's her experience. But I, I like, I just think the writing of the other side of it, this would have been so much more interesting if it just, I'm just going to say what I thought would have been better. Uh I think the film should have started with the, sex gang initiation scene Mm -hmm. where we don't know whether she was sexually assaulted or not. It's kind of vague. So for the bulk of the movie, there's an investigation on like what really happened as the audience were questioning it. We sort of see how class race, you know, all of the socioeconomic status, how all of that plays into what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, we learn that it was really an initiation that the girls elected to do. So I think this could have been really subversive and political, but the way it is, it is so cringy. It's crunchy. For 2005 standards. I mean, you know, this is also Anne Hathaway desperately trying to get away from her Disney image, right? With the Princess Diaries and Ella Enchanted. And she thought a way to do that. And I I wrote down how many times we see her breast. We see her titties three times. Again, my friend that was obsessed with her was like, we got to watch Havoc because you see Anne Hathaway's breasts. And I guess she also thought she could break away from being Disney by using the N-word several many times. Oh my God, that's so uncomfortable. She, (laughs) let me just go through my notes. So the opening scene are these rich kids and it looks like they're at like Venice Beach in a parking lot at the beach. And they are sort of on one side of the parking lot and then like the lat like the Latino gang is on the other side. Mm -hmm. And then they have like a West side story showdown. Yep. Basically. (laughs) But then when the police show up, one of the white kids shouts out, hootie hoo. And then they all (laughs) run. (laughs) That's when I knew this movie was going to be some bullshit. Well, no, there's this stupid white kid documenting all this who played by Matt O'Leary, which is like, is that supposed to be Barbara? couple and when they ask him what his documentary is about he says it's about what it means to be wiggers <gasps> and i was like this is too much for me that word is that because yeah back when this movie came out that was everybody was talking like that yeah so then we get to toby his parents are super rich and they have multiple mansions i guess because he's in like one of their spare mansions where they don't care if he burns the furniture in an empty pool yeah so they're having a big kickback party and all of a sudden Anne Hathaway starts singing the Tupac song, How Do You Want It? Mm-hmm. And she's singing the N-word multiple times and seducing her boyfriend, which then... then He's leads, like, this is my bitch! Which then leads to them driving to, like, a lookout point. Like, it looks like they drove to, like, Mulholland or something. Mm-hmm. And she's giving him the most awkward oral sex in the car you have seen. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing sexy or hot about it. Okay, so then there's Anne Hathaway, then Bijou Phillips. Oh my God. Bijou Phillips looks like, I thought she looked like if you took, what's that lady's name with the forehead who played Wednesday Adams? 
Um, Christina Ricci? Christina Ricci as Penelope with the pig nose. Okay. If you took that character, put her on crack, and then combined her with Essence Atkins, that's how... There's a very specific formula. (laughs) A very specific formula of people uh, in situations. Oh, God. She just looks crazy. Although, I have to say, she fits the story more than Anne Hathaway. She certainly does. She looks like she's on the... uh, school to prison pipeline for orange the new black she looks like the rich white girl who just wants to feel something because her life is like empty so then she's going and doing these risky things this movie could have been like because i also i didn't know about this director until you just said it but i get the vibes that she thinks she's doing something that feels like like grounded in reality yes and then i'm thinking you know the movie freeway I with, love Freeway. It, it almost feels like it's trying to give us like kids mixed with Freeway mm-hmm. and document, and then with this literal documentary component to it. Mm-hmm. But I think Anne Hathaway is so laughably cringy in this movie. She certainly is. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and who I like. I do too. This is like right after Mysterious Skin. They have him saying the N-word multiple times. And I know these people probably read the script and thought this is really something powerful. <laughs> So I don't blame them per se. Like I'm not going to uh, boycott uh, anyone in the movie. Cause I feel like all these people probably thought they were doing something important. Uh, yes. But this shit is, but you never saw that. Uh, is that that James Toback film from the late nineties called black and white mm-hmm. um, with God, is, is that Bajou Phillips as well? Using the N word in that. Oh my God. And, uh, in, in, in talking about like the shadings of what, uh the hard r not means it's not it's not her then uh oh yeah no that is it's it's bijouville from black and white and she also was in a, a larry clark film of the period uh that is very much in the same subgenre of these films with brad renfro called bully Oof. with um also starring that woman that used to be married to macaulay culkin about that murder in Florida. You oh, know, Bully is more interesting for sure. It has more of a flavor, but um, yeah, she's, this was her period. This was uh Bijou Phillips time to shine. I don't know why we, we don't get really any character development or we don't get any kind of character development for any of these characters. No, not at all. But for Anne Hathaway, for some reason, we get a moment where she's supposed to go like see her dad for lunch. And then they just talk and basically all it amounts to is him saying, how are you doing? And she goes, I'm doing all right. And then he says, well, yeah, I'm just overworked. Yeah, that makes sense. And then that's it. I think that we didn't need any of that. Like we get it. You are rich kids who are like free to do whatever. You all drive fancy cars. You all have money. So clearly your parents are not. And you're out in these streets all the time. So you're because at one point in Hathaway says she's like a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. except She lives in a mansion. Oh, she has latchkey parents. And has latchkey parents. Um, but yeah, I the movie's not long either. And I feel like we waste it feels kind of repetitive and <laughs> it's 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 cringy but also boring. Boring. Because also like when Mike Vogel gets the gun pointed to his head by Freddy Rodriguez and it's like you does I not I just want to say you deserve it. Like you you thought you could go get a return on your drugs, uh and then watching him pee on himself. Like uh, these stupid children, these residious children. Well, then the girls getting coked up to then think it would be a good idea to go to the same people who threatened them the night before. <laughs> uh, the dialogue 
for so of course the rich white kids using the n-word and talking like yeah 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 oh. for show <laughs> is embarrassing but then when we get to the cholo party people are saying crazy shit too uh -huh. like at one point one of the cholo guys asked one of the girls you want to smoke crack <laughs> he just says it like oh when bijou starts calling that one guy essay and he's like Ooh. <laughs> or then someone says no dancing no no Anne hathaway says it yeah yeah she says no dancing because it leads to the hard stuff like what the fuck like wh like what's the hard stuff like hard penises like or, yeah yeah or heroin hard, what hard dicks is what that leads to oh is that what she's saying i don't know but it's because they're so already stupid. doing crack so i don't know what's worse than crack you, you bitches smoke crack like <laughs> yeah oh my oh God. and that scene the crack scene okay so uh well so this is this is after it gets after Anne Hathaway gets thrown in jail and then she's released and in the little time she spends in jail, they do that obligatory, like, Oh, this little white girl in a cell with these other women who are like hardened criminals. It was so ineffective. They're like, your parents are here. And this black woman in the, in the holding cell goes, your parents, you got parents. Like, yeah. Yes. Everybody does. <laughs> so then when Anne is, uh, re released from the clink, she goes back home and Bijou's there to greet her mm -hmm. and they're hanging out. And, and has some crack on her. Yeah. And she's like, do you want to smoke it? Well, I don't know how. Well, I called the poison control center and asked, like, what are the signs if I think my mom's doing crack? And they said, oh, well, you should see a lot of little aluminum foil around. Mm -hmm. So then that's all she knows is to get aluminum foil and like a lighter. So then they're freebasing. Yeah. So they're freebasing crack. And then no joke. One of them says Whitney was right. Crack is whack. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was not happy about that at all. <laughs> it, it is it is like the strangers with candy version of what the same screenwriter wrote in tr the film Traffic, where Erica Christensen is freebase. Uh, That's what it feels like. So then this is when they go back, the, the two of them, to visit the Cholos. They end up at the Alvarado Hotel. They ask to be part of their gang, I guess. And then they do the the initiation sex, Bijou freaks out, and then the car ride home. Bijou is just blankly staring out She's of the window. Slack jawed <laughs> and dead behind the eyes, like uh And then at one point one of them says, How do people live out there? <laughs> oh yeah, they're talking about like, oh, there's uh fog over uh Mulholland and Encino. How do people live out there? <laughs> when so so now Bijou has made her parents think she was sexually assaulted. So all that shit goes down. And then Anne shows up to Bijou's house and Bijou freaks out. Like, what are you going to tell them? And Anne tells them the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, the, your nasty daughter rolled the dice to sleep with those men. She wanted to do it. And Bijou screams at her, I hate you. I can never be your friend again. And she <laughs> runs into the bathroom and... And tries to kill herself. Well, and, well with Anne Hathaway predicting each move about which... Uh, uh, she's like, she's oh, you're going to slit your wrist? Well, it's just going to hurt. You're going to have ugly scars for two weeks. Oh, you're going to do that? Well, you need to do You don't that. have enough pills in there to kill yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I felt like... <laughs> I hate these people. I felt like I was in another dimension watching this movie. <laughs> well, I was just like, I don't need to watch this opera. opera. They could all expire tomorrow and be fine. <laughs> I really do think that a more interesting story would have been sort of a, like a maybe like a suspense crime drama about whether or not these girls were assaulted. Mm -hmm. And then we learn in the end that they are the reason this all happened. And maybe we end up seeing one of the guys getting convicted and going to prison for 20 years when really, 
you know, some sort of commentary on the dynamics between these two groups of people. And well, because the tagline is something like some lines can never be crossed. Uh, okay. No, but what happens when these ignorant ass white girls think that they can just stomp up all over here yeah. and, and do whatever they want? And well, what are the consequences yeah, of that? Not that it shouldn't happen. There's a what? missed opportunity when Anne gets arrested because they have all the cholos lined up against a fence with their hands behind their heads. And then this white cop, this white lady cop, sees Anne Hathaway, asks for her ID, and she's like, Pacific Palisades? Mm-hmm. She's like, come here. And then she takes her to the car, and she's asking her, like, what were you doing? And she's like, oh, I was lost, so I came here for directions. And she's like, you're underage, and you were loitering. You're going to the... Yeah. So then she takes her downtown and then calls the parents. So I felt like that could have been an opportunity to show that she's receiving like preferential treatment or she's like... Well, because she is. She kind of is. I mean, she still gets arrested and taken downtown. So it's like... I Yeah, but she's a, she's a minor and... The, you know. I think whomever directed this thought that they were... I, I don't think I understand what the message was behind this. I don't, well, especially as it ends, like some gunshots happen off screen and Anne Hathaway talking all cheery to this documentarian about, uh, because I think what it, like, if I had to say my thought about what the point was, I would say it's based on the final scene. And I think it's that these rich privileged kids get to enjoy experimenting and making mistakes and they're still going to be able to move on and have very fruitful lives, yes. right? Versus... Well, and then the type of code switching, the willful code switching that they're doing is fun. It's a charade. It's not... Well, because there's a scene where Anne survival. Hathaway literally does that with the documentarian. Yes. She pretends to be a wigger, and then she pretends to be a like a hippie or something. Yeah. And then she pretends to be like this prissy little college student. Which I said felt very, very much like Derek Barry giving all those impressions and... Yeah. 90 seconds. So so I guess that's what I think it's meant to be, but the problem is we don't we also don't really see how extravagant these kids lives are. I mean, they kind of I guess I was confused because the way it's shot and when we see the groups together, even the opening scene when they're at the beach and they're like, "Oh, the rich white kids and the poor Latino kids." You really couldn't tell them apart except that some are Latino and some are white. Right. Like you don't see their cars, you don't see how like they're all dressed the same. And then <laughs> We do see that uh, those ugly ass baggy clothes. All the uh, boys wearing. Well, that was the fashion. It's horrible. I know. I was wearing that shit too. I had jinkos, mammoth jinkos. Looked like a spirit. I almost, I could see the even though I hated this show, The Idol, with, with uh, uh, the with the weekend. Lily I almost feel like if it were to be remade, I would want it to have that vibe. There needs to be, I, which it makes me now curious to rewatch Bully because I haven't seen it in so many years. But there's the there's a genre element to that, and it's based on a true story uh, that that I think ties that better than than this does. But uh, and also the title does not fit because havoc means you know just significant destruction, right? So wh- who to who? You know what? That yeah, I had that question after we were done. Like, what is the widespread destruction is, happening in this movie? Who is laid waste to? Because the the cholos, the, the the East LA gang member people, it seems like their life really isn't disrupted by anything that's happening here. And then for the girls, there are no repercussions for anything. No, not really. Even the one, even Bijou Phillips, who cried wolf, basically. And yeah, um, yeah what's the habit? <clears throat> there, there is none. 
Um, and then the tagline for this movie is too much is never enough. God, which I guess kind of makes sense. But the problem is the film doesn't show that these kids live in excess there. There, there doesn't really appear to be much decadence. Toby drives like a, I believe like a, like a classic low rider, which of course would not be cheap. And then we see Anne driving like a Mercedes convertible, mm -hmm. but the film doesn't look like lush when we're with them. It doesn't look lush, nor does it look gritty. No, I mean, and then I think the way East LA is shot, it, it's just confusing. Like, where are we? Because you right said now? you looked at the budget was nine mil on this, and it made <laughs> made not that much. According money. to Wikipedia, the box office is three hundred seventy one thousand. So Ooh, yeah, this was a so this was a hard. You know, remember also that this was the same year that Anne Hathaway. This this was her probably eclipsed by Brokeback Mountain, really. Because this, this was also the same year. And uh, the more... This is the same year as Brokeback Mountain? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Damn. And she's this movie a, feels so low budget to be. She's playing a teenager in this, and then we get to see her be a middle-aged woman in Brokeback Mountain. Uh, it's got a couple alien uh, alumni in here, of course. Michael Bean Hicks from Aliens. But also, you don't see his face uh, playing Freddie Rodriguez's brother, uh, Chino. But I'm like, God, I, I recognize that voice. And uh, it's Raymond Cruz from Alien Resurrection because every time I see him, I was I was thinking of Winona Ryder saying "De Stefano." Oh. <laughs> well, um, what would you give Havoc? A one. This is this is garbage. I would give Havoc one out of five. I do think it would, you know, if there were a screening like on a big screen somewhere, <laughs> I would say it'd be fun to go like watch it with a. I would love to see how other people react. I this. would love to see a cast reunion. I want to see Anne Hathaway and Joseph Gordon-Levitt being like, yeah. If I ever meet Joseph Gordon-Levitt or Anne Hathaway, you better, just like how when I met Sharon Stone, I asked her about Border uh, Run. Border Run. Uh, if I ever meet Anne Hathaway or Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I'm asking them about Havoc. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, well, that's all I have. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you to everyone who is joining us on Patreon. Mm, yes. Uh, we get more and more people every day. Just like the Cranberry song, changing every day in every possible way. Is there anything else you'd like to say? No. Oh, you get to see Love Lies Bleeding tonight. I'm excited to bring you. Oh, well, good for you. Ta-ta. <laughs>